0: You're listening to the Doxology and Theology podcast where we promote, encourage, and equip gospel-centered worship. For more information, visit us at doxologyandtheology.com. So many of our preacher heroes were also very um, concerned about church singing. So many of our church heroes, like for instance, Calvin, Calvin thought it was very important to work on church music. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but the Council of Laodicea, the Council of Laodicea banned congregational singing, AD 364. Now, church historians debate on how widely that was enforced, but for the most part, congregational singing had disappeared from the churches, in Europe particularly, by the time of the Reformation. And it was John Huss and the Hussites in the 1400s that restored congregational singing, okay? One of the things that they did was they said congregations need to be able to sing rather than just be spectators and listen to choirs of priests singing. Laymen, laywomen need to be able to sing to God in their own language. John Huss eventually was burned at the stake at the Council of Constance. And at the Council of Constance, A.D. 1415 said this, if laymen are forbidden to preach or interpret the scripture, how much more are they forbidden to publicly sing in church? Most people think of the Reformation uh, really as all about the recovery of the gospel and preaching but there's so much more to it. Church music and the work of curating the people's song has been of great importance to so many. Like I said, Calvin worked on it his whole life. When Calvin got to Geneva, they hadn't been singing congregationally. They weren't. Calvin pled with the city fathers to begin the practice of singing because he said our prayers are so cold and lifeless. We gotta do something, let's try singing. And the, the fathers, city fathers refused. He gets sent to Strasbourg, exiled, and eventually, here he hears Martin Buzer, and he hears people singing to God in their own language. And what for him had been theoretical, now he's more convinced than ever. And so when the the people in Geneva want him to come back and plead with him to come back, one of his conditions is only if we begin singing. And he actually published the first Genevan Psalter before he even got back to Geneva. Worked it all his whole life. Now, of course, you know about the Wesleys, John and Charles Wesley, and the importance of hymns in the Methodist movement. But did you know that George Whitfield put together a hymn book? Most people don't know that. I've read Dallimore's two volumes. I don't remember ever coming across the fact that George Whitfield put together a hymn book. How about John Newton? Maybe you know about some of his hymns. You know he's a preacher. He's a writer of many amazing letters, but he also wrote hymns. Spurgeon, Matt Boswell can tell you all about this, especially in a few years when he finishes his PhD. Um, Spurgeon put together a book, Our Own Hymn Book. How many people know that Spurgeon curated the songs that his people sang? Asahel Nettleton, now he's a little more of an obscure figure, but an important figure in the Second Great Awakening a guy who really was um, somebody who kind of pushed back against Charles Finney and all the new measures. He was a reformed guy who didn't believe that we could produce revival, but that God produced revival. He put together a hymn book called The Village Hymns. I could go on and on and on. So if you don't understand the importance of singing, you really don't understand church history. Second thing I want to tell you is if you don't understand the importance of singing, you really don't understand the Reformation. As I said, the Council of Nicaea, the Council of Laodicea had banned singing, but the Lutheran hymns and the Judean Psalter are some of the most significant factors in the spread and the sticking power of the Reformation. It wasn't just about correcting false doctrine and preaching. I love this quote from Philip Schaff, the great church historian. He says this, to Luther, belongs the extraordinary merit of having given to the German people in their own tongue and in a form eclipsing and displacing all former versions, the Bible, he translated the Bible into German, the catechism, and the hymn book, so that God might speak directly to them in his word and that they might directly speak to him in their songs. Don't underestimate the importance of singing. Luther wrote his first hymn, when he received news of the first two Lutheran martyrs. Zach talked about Cranmer and the importance of martyrdom and understanding um, the English Reformation, also important for the German Reformation. Two teenage boys were burned at the stake in Brussels. They sang the Te Deum, an ancient Christian hymn, as they burned, and when word reached Luther, he put pen to paper and wrote his first hymn. Now it's, a, it's a more of a ballad than a hymn and it mentions the two boys by name so we don't keep singing it in the church. But that was the beginning. And soon after that, he jo- asked for others to join him in this work. And I love this. This is from the preface to Luther's first hymnal, which literally contained eight hymns. His fir- the first Lutheran hymnal contained eight hymns. And here's what he says. In order to make a start and to give an incentive to those who can do better, I have with the help of others compiled several hymns so that the holy gospel, which now by the grace of God has arisen anew, may be noised and spread abroad. I love that. So that the gospel may be noised and spread abroad. By the end of that year, the second edition of that hymnal was published and it had 25 hymns. But by Luther's death, there were published 60 different Lutheran hymns hymn books. And scholars estimate there are over 100,000 German hymns. 100,000. The impact is extraordinary. Nearly a century, this is from a fabulous book if you want to explore this more, Singing the Gospel, Lutheran Hymns and the Success of the Reformation by Christopher Boyd Brown. He says this, nearly a century after the beginning of the Reformation, the Carmelite monk So he's a Catholic guy, Thomas a Jesu, marveled at how securely Luther's hymns had planted Lutheranism in Germany. The German Jesuit lamented in 1620 that from the Jesuit point of view, Martin Luther had destroyed more souls with his hymns than with all of his writing and preaching. He actually said, damned, more souls with his hymns. That's what the Catholics said a hundred years after the 95 Theses, that Luther damned more souls with his songs than with his writing. Why do we never hear about that? I guess it's because preachers write the histories. But singing should never be underestimated, right? And here's the last thing I want to say. You know, as I stand here, I, I had this experience a couple years ago at the, the Doxology and Theology Conference. I came first to Southern to talk about hymns and the importance of, uh, of caring about what people were singing back in 2002. Chip Stam, who some of you may remember, brought me in here. And we would have had trouble finding 50 people that were interested in that. And it's so amazing to me to see what God is doing in our time. The people that want to continue to noise the gospel abroad, and if there's anything I could say, it's be encouraged, but also join in the work. that's what I love about Luther. And this, I, I guess, since I do college ministry, one of the things that we say all the time is the discipleship process is T-D-O-E-E. You teach, you demonstrate, you observe, you evaluate, you encourage. It's the idea that you don't just tell people something, you also demonstrate it. And so much of what's important is caught, not just taught. So on that first Indelible Grace CD we did, I think I wrote maybe 10 or 12 of the 17 songs. And on the next record, and the record after that, I wrote three. Why? Well, one, I had kids, and I got a lot more busy. But really, more importantly, my students had taken up the task and joined in the work. And so I hope that as you leave here, that you will be doubly convinced of the importance of curating the church's song, but also, I want to reissue the call for pastors poets, musicians to help noise the gospel abroad in our day and in the tongues of the vernacular of the whole world because it's what we need.